Esther chapter number two. Esther number chapter number two. If you go to the book of Psalms and you turn left two books, you'll find yourself in the book of Esther. So if you have your Bible, a tablet, maybe you have your phone today, um, uh, we will put some of the scriptures on the screen for you to follow along with. We're going to continue our series today. It's great to have Dr. Bob Abramson here today. Dr. Bob is one of our uh, apostolic board members, our overseeing board. And so uh, would you welcome him today? He's on the front row. Let's welcome Dr. Bob today. Great to have him. And, uh, and so we're excited to have him. And he's going to, you'll see more of him from time to time uh, as he comes. Esther chapter number two. We're going to review a little bit. Uh, we started our 21 days of prayer and fasting last Sunday. Here is how it works. We're meeting Sunday through Friday at 7 o'clock. Sunday through Thursday, we try to end at 8 o'clock. Friday night, though, is just whatever God wants. And so we, we don't have an end time. In fact, this past Friday night, if you were there, wasn't that a tremendous service Friday night? How many of you went and you enjoyed that? What, a, what an incredible service we had. But we also had an incredible service Thursday. And then we had an incredible service Wednesday. Man, all week it has been so good. But I just see the intensity starting to build. And so I'm so excited about our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're taking Saturdays off just to kind of recoup a little bit. And then we start again tonight. And uh, we're also meeting on Wednesday mornings from uh, 6 to 7 a.m., Wednesday through Friday, 6 to 7 a.m. We have child care available for you uh, ages 2 to 4. If you're a parent of someone ages 2 to 4, we have child care available on Sunday evenings, Wednesday nights, and, and uh, also on Friday nights. So if you can help, that helps you make plans. But I want you to come. If you can only come to one day, come Friday. But if you can come to more, you come to as many as you can come to. It's just been tremendous. And along with our 21 days, I told you that I was going to be sharing along the lines of the story of Esther. And so I shared last Sunday morning, and I'm sharing on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights, the, the story of Esther. So Sunday morning, I talked about how God chose Esther. And I read this scripture, and I want to read it to you again. In Esther chapter 7, verse 2, it says, and I'll just throw it on the screen. It says, and on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you, and what is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. What an amazing statement that the king of the known world to say to a young girl who just not long ago was a peasant. She was orphaned. She had no mother. She had no father. She was an outcast of society. She was not Persian. She was Jewish. And yet he would say to this young woman, Anything you want, up to half of my kingdom, that kingdom stretched through 127 provinces. It stretched all the way from Turkey to India, covering all of the Middle East. It was what we call the known world at the time. That he would say to this young peasant girl, I'll give you half the kingdom. How did she get there? How did she find herself in the king's palace, at the king's table, eating the king's food, wearing the king's clothes. How did she get there? And so we talked that we're going to find ourselves weaving through this story during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. But for Esther to see increase 
someone had to be decreased. For her to be throned, someone had to be dethroned. For there to be a winner, there has to be a loser. Someone had to be demoted. And so her name was Queen Vashti. Now, why was she removed? The Bible says she was removed because when the king called, she disobeyed and she did not heed the call of the king. Listen, disobedience always removes us from our position. It doesn't remove us from his love. It doesn't remove us from him reaching out to us, but it does remove us from our position. It removes us out of the will of God, out of the plan of God, out of the purpose of God. If we refuse to obey God, we're not going to find ourselves in the right position. And Queen Vashti lost her position because she disobeyed the king when he called. So God is calling us today. God is just calling us. On this earth, it was an immoral king. It was King Ahasuerus. He was not in any way a moral person, but yet there is a king who is the source of all morality who is calling you. And he's telling you to come. And we heed his call. But Queen Vashti refused and she was removed. And all of a sudden you'll find in Esther chapter 2, the very first beauty pageant in the history of the world that some theologians believed was between even 800 and perhaps as many as 1,400 women. How would you like to orchestrate that one? The very first beauty pageant, Esther found herself in it. And she was favored. But she couldn't go in there and she couldn't participate and and she couldn't come before the king wearing what she was wearing. Her best clothes were not good enough. And on Sunday night I shared that, listen, our best isn't good enough. Our own ability, our own talents, trying to save ourselves, trying to just do right, trying to be the best. Listen, it's not good enough. Her peasant clothes had to be removed. And the same is true for our life. Listen, our best is never good enough. No matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we try to get ahead, listen, if we try to do it without God's help, if we try to do it without the favor of God, if we try to do it without the presence of God, we're never going to make it. And so we said you, you're required to have God's grace and God's mercy, God's presence on your life. Listen, I can't be the husband I need to be without God's grace. I can't be the the father I need to be without the grace of God on my life. I have to have God. My best isn't good enough. Amen? And so we said that on Sunday night. And then on Wednesday night, I read this scripture. And I want to read it to you this morning from Esther chapter 2. And it says in verse number 12 this. Each young woman's turn came to go to King into King Ahasuerus after she had completed, listen to this, 12 months preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of the preparations apportioned, six months with the oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. 12 months it took her to get ready. Now I've known some people that take a while But 12 months, 12 months she prepared to go in before the king. 12 months. 
Some of you wives just elbow your husband and say, see, that's what I'm talking about. See, I'm pretty quick after all. But it wasn't just that it was 12 months. Listen, it was how those 12 months were portioned. Six months with the oil of myrrh. Six months with perfumes. But first, the myrrh. Why? Myrrh was a detoxifier. Myrrh pulled something out of your skin. When you would soak in the oil of myrrh, it would remove the impurities that were in the skin, the toxins, all of those things that build up over time. Listen, it softened the skin. It got rid of that hard and brittleness, and it softened the skin. That's what myrrh did. And for six months, she soaked in it to remove the junk, remove the garbage, remove the toxins, remove the impurities. Some of those toxins we ingest ourselves, some of those are just clinging to us. We walk in a filthy world. We walk in an immoral world. We walk in an impure world. That's why we take these 21 days. That's why the story of Esther is so important in in accordance with these 21 days because we're taking time to say, God, we want to get rid of the junk that's in our life. Hallelujah. We want to soak in, in the oil of repentance. We want, God, you to transform us and change us. It's not enough to say, God, I want you to bless me, or God, I want you to answer this prayer, or God, I want you to do this for me. It's we got to come and we got to say, God, what can you take out of me? What can you remove from me? What can leave my life? I'm tired of some things, and I want it gone. Hallelujah. Amen. And so for six months, she would soak in the oil of myrrh. Six months to remove the garbage. And then the next six months, she would soak in the perfume. But you know, a lot of times we want to skip the first six months. We want to go straight to the perfume. We want to go straight to the blessing. We want to go straight to God answering the prayer. We want to go straight to, we want to go straight to, to, to guidance and, and, and decision making. And we want to go straight to all of that. And God's like, look, I want to give you all of that. But listen, we got to deal with some things first. We got to deal with some things. There's some things I want to take out of you. Listen, you, you can't just cover up stink. Come on now. You can't just do it. In the 70s, late 70s and early 80s, uh, my family, we were attending Trinity Church International, which was at then known as Trinity Assembly of God. And there was a man who used to come to church and he would walk to church every Sunday. He would walk and he didn't walk that far. In fact, there was times we actually stopped and, and tried to offer him a ride or talk to him at service and say, hey, you know, we go your way because we passed him every Sunday walking to church, walking to and from the church. He would just walk every time. And he would come to church and, and he was a little bit odd and he would kind of pace back and forward and he really didn't talk to anybody, he kept to himself. And, and so there was something going on in him. I don't know exactly what it was, but what happened is, is when you walked past him, the smell would just, I mean, it would just hit you and it would just almost knock you over. The body odor that came from this man was just unbelievable. 
He would just stink so bad. And, and if you sat next to him, you could hardly, you could hardly just take it. And, and if you just, even just passing by him, all of a sudden that smell would just, just take it. I, I mean, you would just smell it and it would just, it would just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And so my dad, man, my dad was a tough guy. He grew up in the hills of Kentucky on a farm. And man, he was, he was just kind of a, a rough person, but he also had a real soft heart uh, for people, and he wanted to just help people. So my dad decided that he was going to do something about this man. And so my dad would start carrying bottles of cologne in his jacket. You know, Brute 33, Old Spice, Stetson, you know, the standards back then. And so when he saw the man, he would reach into his jacket, he would take out the Brute 33, and he would pour it on his hand, and he'd just kind of hide it right here. He'd put the perfume back, and he'd just kind of come up to him, and he'd just put his arm around him, just start rubbing him. All of hey, how are you doing today? And just rub the guy down with Brute 33. So that the next time he walked by you, you didn't just get a wave of body odor, you got a wave of body odor combined with Brute 33. It was powerful, man, it was powerful. Listen, you can't just cover up odor with deodorant. You have to remove the odor. And listen, we're not just praying, we're fasting. Because nothing removes the odor of the flesh like fasting. It would be so great if it was just 21 days of prayer. Woo! 21 days of prayer. We could have Danishes out in the lobby, and then we could all go out for pizza afterwards. But no, it's not 21 days of prayer. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why? Because we need to remove the garbage. We don't want to just cover it up. Listen, you don't put deodorant on before you go in the shower. You put deodorant on after you get out of the shower. Isn't that right? You say, God, I want you to remove this garbage from my life. I want you to cleanse me of it. I'm not just trying to mask it with some kind of phony Christianity. God, I want it gone from my life. I want all the impurity. I want all the garbage. I want all the anger. I want all the lust. I want all the impatience. I want all the worry. I want all the fear. I want it gone out of my life. Amen. Hallelujah. I want it removed. So that. Come on now, so that you can begin to pour back in. Let me read to you from 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9 says this. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I said he's called you out of. I said he's called you out of darkness. He's called you out of worry. He's called you out of fear. He's called you out of anger. He's called you out of He's called you out of. And then also, listen, he's called you into. He's called you into. He's called you into favor. He's called you into peace. He's called you into joy. Amen. He's called you into direction. He's called you into righteousness. Hallelujah. He's called you out of. Why? So that he can call you into. 
See, some of us have this mixed up view of Christianity. We just think it's a bunch of, of don'ts. Well, if I just don't do this, and if I could just don't do that, and, and if I just don't sin, then maybe I'll be blessed. It's not a bunch of don'ts. Yes, he wants to remove that from your life and he wants to get rid of all the garbage and the stinking thinking. That's why we repent. Listen, the word repent means to change your way of thinking, change your mind. And so he wants to take all of that from you. He wants to remove all of that from you. But he doesn't just remove it from you. He also pours back into you. He also just says, listen, I'm not just trying to take something from you. It's what I want to give you that counts. Hallelujah. Amen. He wants to give you something. He wants to pour back into you today. Listen, we sang it. Taken my shame and you give me joy. You've taken my weeping and you give me laughing. You've taken my mourning and in place you give me dancing. Hallelujah. It's not just that he wants to take everything from you. It's what he wants to put back in you. Amen. Hallelujah. And God wants to do that today. He wants to bless you. Listen, it's not just that he took the life of Simon away from Simon. It's that he gave him the life of Peter. It's not just that he took the life of Saul away from Saul. It's that he gave him the life of Paul. And what an incredible life it was. He doesn't want to take something from you. He wants to give you something today. But it requires some soaking on our behalf. It requires us to sit in the oil of myrrh and say, God, forgive me for the garbage and to fast and to push away from the table and to resist the flesh and to say no to temptation and to say, God, I don't need that anymore in my life. God, I want you. I'm hungry for you. Yes, my flesh is hungry. Oh, how many of you have been hungry this week? Anybody been hungry? I, yeah, we've been hungry. But listen, we're more hungry for God. Hallelujah. Amen. We want God to move in our life. We want God to move in our life. Two questions today. Let me give them to you very quickly. What is God calling you out of this year? What is God calling you, you personally, you individually? What is he calling you out of this year? What is he saying to you, I want no more of that. Let's get rid of that. Let's remove that from your life. What is he calling you out of? Is it fear? Is it addiction? Is it bondage? Huh? Is it apathy and complacency? It is, in, is it indifference to the things of God? Is it laziness? What is he calling you out of this year? Second question, what is he calling you into? Do you need peace? Do you need joy? Huh? Do you need direction today? Do you need the assurance uh, of righteousness? Do you need to know who you are in Christ? Do you need uh, a wisdom today? Huh? Do you need peace? To, do you need any of that today? Is he calling you into that? What is he calling you into today? Amen? That's what we need to know. Listen, let me read one more scripture to you, and that's this. Isaiah chapter 58, verse number 6. Talking about fasting, and here's what it says. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? 
And when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh, God's saying this is the type of fasting. It's not just about answered prayer. It's not just about you getting your way. It's not just about you personally getting just a, a spiritual high or the goose bump. No, that's not what it's about. In fact, you could say this, because we could read it again and go, okay, who's bound up by wickedness? Well, sometimes we are. As believers, we can be bound up. Who's got burdens? Who's oppressed and needs to be set free? Sometimes it's us. It's those around us, but also it's us. And what about the yoke? What about that selfishness that causes us to hoard and hold on to our bread and hold on to, to our, the clothes and, and hold on to all that stuff and not reach out to our neighbor? It's selfishness. And fasting removes it from our life. It breaks bondages. It breaks yokes. It breaks heaviness off of our life. When you resist food, because don't you know we're so consumed by it, Some of you are even thinking right now, where am I going to lunch? What am I going to have? Is this guy crazy talking about skipping meals? Listen, when you can remove it from your life so that you can seek God. I have never, I've fasted for different various periods of time. I've never hit a place where I wasn't hungry. I've heard it's possible. I've never been there. And I fasted for what I thought, you know, you might not think it was. I thought it was a long time. You may not think so. But I've always been hungry. I have longed for the day when hunger leaves. It's never left my life. I love food. I'm telling you right now, I love to eat. I could eat with the best of them. But there's a time and a season in our life where we need to push it away. Well, we didn't say, no, I, I don't need that in my life. I want to disconnect from that so I can reconnect with God, so I can see things happen in my life. What happened? Well, listen to verse number eight. Here's verse number eight. Then your light shall spring forth like the morning. Your healing spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, you shall cry, and he'll say, here I am. Hallelujah. What happens when you fast? What happens when you pray? Listen to what happens. Let me just read it to you again. Number one, your light springs forth. Clouds begin to move to the left and move to the right. Direction becomes clearer. The, 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 the confusion in your mind begins to go. You can see clearly now how to progress. It's no longer one step forward, two steps back. You begin to make progress because there's a light that has been turned on. You can begin to see clearly the path that is ahead of you. Number two, your healing springs forth speedily. Both inner healing from the wounds and the traumas of yesterday and the past, but also physical healing. How many of you need some inner healing or some physical healing today? If that's you, listen, when we fast, God, our bodies and our souls. And then number three, your righteousness shall go before you. 
What's that mean? You know who you are in Christ. You know your identity. You know that you're right standing with God. You know that you're a son or a daughter of God. You know that you belong to him. The devil can't tell you anymore and try to trick you and try to twist and manipulate your mind to think, oh, that you're lost and you don't belong to him. No, when you fast, when you disconnect and you reconnect with God, there's a knowing of righteousness that happens in your life. And then also the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard, divine protection, God watching over you, making sure that you're in the right place at the right time. The glory of the Lord guards and protects your life. And then lastly, you shall call and the Lord will answer. God begins to answer his prayers, answer prayers that you have prayed, maybe prayers that you have prayed even for years and years and years. When you fast, when you disconnect, and when you reconnect, God begins to answer some long-standing prayers that you've been believing God for, you've been pleading for, you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, you've been wondering when God win, and God has been waiting for you to fast and pray so that answer can come. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you fast and you pray and you believe God. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute today? As you can tell, my voice is just about gone. I woke up yesterday with a sore throat. I don't know why, but I'm just going to believe God tonight. All supernaturally, all is well. Hallelujah. But listen, God wants to do something in your life. We can't bypass what he wants to do in taking things out of us. It's not enough to say, God, give me, give me. God, bless me, bless me. God, move in my life, move in my life. If we're not willing to say, God, I also want to sit at your feet. God, I also want to spend time in your word. God, I also want to just sit here and let you know that you're more important than food. You're more precious to me than eating. You're more precious to me than media. You're more precious to me than entertainment. God, I want you more than I want anything else. That's what is necessary in our life. There's no shortcuts. There's no way around it. Nobody went into the king's palace without six months in the oil of myrrh and then six months in the perfume. So that coming out of the oil of perfume, they were completely different. They were totally transformed. They no longer smelled like the old neighborhood. They no longer smelled like the dirty streets. They no longer smelled like the shack that they used to live in. Now they took upon them the fragrance of the king's palace. They smelled just like he smelled. They were dressed in the same clothes, the same arraignment that everyone in that palace was dressed in. Listen to me, it's not what God wants to just take out of you. It's what he wants to give you today. Can we just receive it? Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you today for this story of Esther. What a powerful, powerful historical event took place so many years ago. 
And Lord, this year, this year, you want to remove from us some of the junk from 2015. Some of that way of thinking. Some of those actions. Some of that behavior. You want to remove it from our life so that, so that, so that this year you could pour into us something new and fresh smells just like you smell. Oh, when I come into your presence, God, we both smell the same. When I go out into the world, I smell like you smell, God. Oh, my way of thinking changes. My actions change. And God, you use me to do great things for you. If that's your prayer today, then I want you to write where you're at to commit these next few days to God and say, God, this year has to look different than last year. I'm tired of the treadmill. I'm tired of going around the same track. I need something fresh and something new in my life. And so I'm committing these next 14 days, just 14 days, committing them to you, God, through prayer and through fasting. Come on, you just begin to talk to God right where you're at. You have a conversation with him right where you're at.